Hello there. This is an incoming transmission from the Outer Rim Beacon. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. Ladies and gentlemen, you have now tuned in to the Outer Rim Beacon, your frequency for everything in that galaxy far, far away from Kitanax to Kubaz. We got you covered, people. Welcome, everybody. My name is Justin. I'm one of your hosts here on Outer Rim Beacon. Joining me today, as always, are my co-hosts. This is Josh. Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. It's the 25th anniversary. I want to be in perfect time for us to also be covering an episode that features the Spice Girls. Song dropping. Uh, This is Kyle, and I am impressed by both Justin's um, alliterative species every week, (laughs) and Josh pulling (laughs) off a musical and like anniversary intro. And I'm bringing nothing to the table, but good job. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Maggie, and I'm currently thinking about an issue of Star Wars The High Republic that comes out on June 16th and the mayhem that will be ensuing on Twitter. Hmm. Very interesting. Teaser. I'm guessing you've already read that. Yes. (laughs) My review actually went up today. Ooh. All right. Well, I'm going to have to wait on that one and read it when it comes out and not your review. It's, is it a spoiler-free review? It is not, not a spoiler-free review, no. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So I won't read that, and I'll wait, and I'll read the read the thing first. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot to talk about this week. Uh, so, you know, getting that, getting that pilot seat, strap in. We got a long journey ahead of us. Uh, we got two episodes of Bad Batch. We got... Uh, A little bit of news that came out. Actually, a lot of news that came out from the last like two weeks. Um, Yeah, but before we dive into anything like that, we're first going to talk about. I bet some people saw this one coming. Maybe. Just a little maybe. They use their force uh, force sensitivity to, to hear about that celebration. Only 49 weeks. 49 weeks. So I feel like we were in triple digits just just a moment ago. You know, and I at, earlier this year I was I was a little nervous I was even going to be able to make it down to uh, Galaxy's Edge, and now I have an opportunity to go to Galaxy's Edge West because I have to go out for a wedding. So I'm, I'm going to be at Disneyland. I'm going to be right in Anaheim, uh, but I may be able to hit East and West within just a couple months of each other so hate you Justin. super excited for that i know <laughs> it's, it, <laughs> uh it'll be a little bit different than than my east trip which was literally like mostly just me hanging out in star wars land all day um my wife and my kids will both be with me so it's going to be all-encompassing disney on this trip not just star wars focused but Nonetheless, I am excited to go. I am excited to get out to that west uh, west coast air and uh, and uh, the beach area <laughs> and enjoy it That's the best and uh, enjoy a, a beautiful wedding for for a good friend. So I'm excited. I'm excited. But yeah, celebration coming up. Forty nine weeks. Go book your hotels. Lots of news this week. Filming for the book of Boba Fett has wrapped. It is done. 
Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that uh, video of under the tree. Uh, Tamara Morrison oh, yes. getting in the <laughs> hot tub. He saw that many yeah, times. <laughs> many, many times. He said he's been gone filming for, what, seven months? Yeah, and he's like, I just I want to get in my hot tub and I'm just going to relax. And uh, I can't blame him. <laughs> he looked super comfortable. It was a beautiful view, too. Like, yeah. it, it overlooked like Must a nice. lake. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's so that's wrapped up. Like too, actually. <laughs> Except a beautiful lake. It's like flooded area, a <laughs> grass area Not in the Midwest. <laughs> Another building. <laughs> <laughs> might might collect a little rain in the parking yeah. lot every once in a while. Um, there were also some set photos popping up from the Kenobi series. I don't uh, want to see them. Don't send any them to me. I'm just going to tell y'all, uh, do not look for them because it spoils quite a bit with just costuming. Like, don't do it. Mm. I Somebody posted them, and I'm very, very mad about it. Please do not spoil TV shows before they come out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I've i seen, like, two, and it looked like, honestly, he was wearing, like, trash bags. It wasn't a picture of, so of, it wasn't a picture of you, and it was a picture of some of the other cast members in costume. And mm. so it's like, that really okay, gives things gotcha. away. That's the one that that spoiled yes. it because I saw the one of you and he looks like he's wearing trash yeah. bags over it, so you can't really see what he's wearing. You and looks like, like all right, Ewan, that's cool. But no, the other yeah. ones. And I was yeah, like, yeah, y'all, yeah. we do not need to do this. We are like a year and a half before we get to see this TV show. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, if you're uh, if you're wanting the if you're wanting the reveals, go out and search for it. If you don't want the reveals, stay off the social medias or don't actively go looking for it. Do a quick scroll and just skim over it. Don't stop and, and uh, Man, take don't a peek. Don't post it on social media. Keep not it to cool. your blog. Post a link. Yep. Good Lord. Don't Where post that? it on social medias. There you go. There you go. Uh, we had a lot from Hasbro over the last two weeks. I don't know. Please, if I'm you, poor I mean, Hasbro. Stop. <laughs> the amount of figures that they dropped during their uh, Hasbro I Am Your Father's Day release was sizable. And they covered a lot of bases for both Vintage Collection, Black Series. You had a HasLab update. You had you had uh, original trilogy stuff. You had new stuff. You had aliens. You had humans. You had v- like I mean, you it had everything. A whole lot of bases. in that drop. Yeah. yeah, and and it was impressive to see the stuff that they were releasing or the stuff that act well released that came up literally the next day. Like, oh, these all go up for pre order at one o'clock tomorrow, and you're like, uh, I can go donate plasma today. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't even set up a, can, a second savings account yet. Yeah, like, can I get that deposited by tomorrow so I can pre-order my action figures, please? Uh, it was a lot. It, it was a lot. There was so a lot fast. of vintage collection. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really excited. Some of the cooler ones, Bo-Katan, Mandalorian from, uh, in vintage collection was released. Uh, Mithril, I'm excited about that. I, as weird as that sounds. As weird as that sounds, I'm excited about Mithril because it's an alien creature, which... I mean, let's look at what we've been getting a lot of is Boba Fett, Luke, um, more of the human figures, not so much the alien figures. Oh, you can get Luke figures? Uh, They have a lot of Luke figures. You know what they need more of is definitely (laughs) stormtroopers. Yes, more troopers or trooper variants. You're you're like... Right up Justin's alley with that. (laughs) Speaking of They should make a Darth Vader figure. I bet people would buy that. I don't know. I feel like he's kind of like, I don't know, getting old. And obscure. What about what about like the Boba Fett? Boba Fett. Mm. I need That'd a Boba. A I need a current Boba Fett. That's what I need. Mm-hmm. No more of this. Um, 
OG paint. I, I need the new paint. We got a lot of Rogue One love yes, in this like in this line. release. I mean, it was every character, including a six-inch Bodhi Rook, which did not exist before this. The only way that you could get even close to a six-inch Bodhi Rook was the Disney Elite series. Here was the only Bodhi that was available in six-inch. Um, you got Jyn Erso, Cassian, um, Antok Merrick. They released a, a six-inch Antok Merrick, really cool figure, and a Galen Erso. Uh, they had Bays, Churret, and K2SO, the whole group. The whole and group. that beautiful artwork across like a blue Kinda variant like side. Yeah. yeah, it looked good. Um, those were all released. There was an archive collection with uh, A New Hope Leia, Revenge of the Sith Obi-Wan. They had a 501st Clone Trooper, which if you needed clones, there he is. And a Darth Revan. They re-released the Darth Revan in that. Well, people and like Revan, in, I know. No one ever and then in Vintage Collection, you had Republic Trooper. He came out, uh, sold out. He was on there for a while, too. He was on there for over an hour. I was actually kind of surprised. Is that the one that uh, won that stupid poll? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The fan people, vote. And people yeah. didn't even instantly buy it. If that was Ahsoka, it would have sold out in three <laughs> seconds. They, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it took about an hour, hour and a half, I think, before it finally sold out. Um, on the site, which I was surprised with, but I would say this Hasbro needed that fan vote figure to sell out because if it didn't sell out, then that tells them that going back and redoing those figures isn't worth it to them. But if it sells out, maybe there's that chance that that Ahsoka vintage collection figure or some of those others, the star killer pop up later on and they say, you know what, we're just going to do the whole wave because it was so popular. Yeah, it may have taken a little bit longer to sell out, but it did sell out and it needed to. It needed to. I'm I'm um, sure I'll just stumble across one of those original um vintage collection Ahsokas at a store for fifty dollars randomly one day and sure. it'll just be the best thing ever. <laughs> Kyle wouldn't even know he'll go out buy some lottery tickets right away, <laughs> which is probably what I would do. Uh, they had uh, a Hoth Rebel Soldier in Vintage Collection. Um, they had the Bo-Katan, the Mithral, the Quill come out. They did um, Pipeline Reveals, which was really cool. We did get some uh, Bib Fortuna love in the Pipeline Reveals. We have a Black Series Bib Fortuna and a Vintage Collection Bib, Bib Fortuna both coming out. There is a Vintage Collection Lobot. That's going to be coming out. I um, see a lot of Lobot love. Look at that. No, I know. It was, that was pretty cool. There's a Jetta in Black Series. There's a Jetta Patrol Trooper, uh, Bib Fortuna. There's a Mayfeld in uh, disguise, in his uh, tr- tank trooper disguise. Uh, Fennec Shand is finally being made in Black I Series. I cannot wait for my queen uh, to come home. <laughs> there is the Boba Fett in the kind of tease outfit from the end of it's a tease, all the right. one episode that we saw. Yeah, with like the black that he was wearing, like the robes that he's wearing. Um, and then a Cobb Vanth. Oh, yeah. Black series Cobb Vanth. And then uh, the only other vintage collection item was Navarro Cantina playset. Uh, they did announce a HasLab project for Black Series. And did state it is not a vehicle and it will be released later in 2021 or more details later in 2021. So Very I'm, I'm specific. Do you have theories? Yeah. Uh, it's got to be either a playset or a very big alien. 
like a rancor or something. Job of the hut. I would think. That could be. How big would a Black Series Rancor be? I'd be pretty big, right? Like three feet, maybe? I mean, if you're holding a six-inch Luke Skywalker, right? Yeah. He's got to be at least three to four feet tall. Yeah, that would be I might throw some money down on a HasLab Rancor. You'd get in on the HasLab Rancor? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, one Until of the I reach the goals would be a little uh, Luke to hold in his hand. Black Series Luke Jabba's Palace Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could get behind that. Uh, Hasbro also released card backs. Uh, this is more recent. Released card backs for upcoming vintage figures. The Mandalore Maul. The Mandalore Ahsoka. The Offworld Jawa. And the Arc Trooper 5s. Yeah. Nice. They yeah. looked really, really good. That just dropped, I think, today. Um, and then they also released earlier this week a Black Series Gaming Greats Zalbar from oh, Old yeah, Republic. Yeah. I did see that. Yeah. I'm loving all the Old like Republic Lusty. stuff coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else did we get? We had Hot Toys released a 1 6 scale Hunter figure. So Hunter. now with your Echo Hunter. I think to that, go with that your was just today, Eco. wasn't it? On Tuesday. And, uh, yeah, it was today. And then uh, I forget the other ones that they have. They have, uh, they don't have Crosshair. Is it Tech and Echo? I think are the other two that they've got available. I don't remember. Uh, the Hot Toys just churning them out left and right here. They're all over uh, the but I think that was about train. it. Uh, is there any other news that I'm missing from roughly the last like two weeks? I'm trying to think. I don't think, I think so. that's everything. That's a lot. Nothing verifiable, but that was plenty of stuff, I think. Yeah. Um, as always, we do our live streams every Friday night. Um, be there, we be had, yeah, we had the honor of having Anthony uh, from Rebel Art Empire on our show last Friday. Meatloaf. Uh, at Meatloaf the Piercer. Yep. Uh, on Twitter, uh, he joined us to talk a little bit of Bad Batch, some tattoos, pins, and stickers. He talked Rebel Art Empire. We got to share some of the artwork. If you have, if you weren't part of the live stream, you can go check out that live stream on our YouTube channel. Uh, and go back and play it back and watch it there. It was a pretty good episode. It was quite fun. It was fun. It was good. Yeah. yeah. Anthony did a great job. We were lucky to have him. It was it was so good. We had wrapped up the show and then Maggie got back on <laughs> to continue talking with us more <laughs> about Star Wars and stuff. So uh, it was cool. It was a good episode. We were We were lucky to have Anthony on and hopefully we'll have him on here again in the future. He did get to talk about uh, Star Wars Celebration Swag Crew. A yeah. little bit and kind of what goes on with that. So that was pretty cool too. So, uh, yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot of news. Um, let's get into Bad Batch because we got two full episodes that we got to cover with Bad Batch. We got yeah. episode six, decommissioned, and we have episode seven, which was Battle Scars, right? Yes. All right. Well, let's dive into de- decommissioned here. I'm going to turn it over to resident Clone Wars aficionado Kyle to bring it home. All right. Well, this is episode six, like Justin said, decommissioned. Um, really quick, we'll run through these people because we know most of them already, but our director was Nathaniel Villanueva. He's a very familiar name if you've been listening to these shows. Um, and written by Amanda Rose Munoz, who um, has worked in the script and continuity in the animation department, but this is her very first writing credit. So uh, congratulations, Amanda Rose. 
Um, we did have two special guests, as you probably know, if you watched this episode that came out last week. Um, Rafa Martez, voiced by Elizabeth Rodriguez, who's in Orange is the New Black and Fear the Walking Dead and Shameless and a million things since the 90s. And uh, Trace Martez, voiced by, I think it's Brigitte Callie. Is that right? And now her last name is Canales because she got married, I assume. Or changed her name. I don't know. I didn't really look it up, but her name changed. Uh, she's also from Fear the Walking Dead, and she was in Baby Driver. Great movie. If you haven't seen it, you guys One of my favorites. Saw that in oh, theaters. Okay. You have good taste. Thank you. Um, and she has a lot of voice acting roles. She's been in some uh, video games and all kinds of stuff. So here in Decommissioned, we are back on Ord Mantel at Sid's Bar with Sid. That's where it got the name. Um, Omega is really pra- original. Yeah, I know. Really creative. <laughs> Omega is practicing with her Zygerian energy bow. She is not good. She is missing and missing and missing. And the patrons are betting on her and, um, you know, kind of going back and forth. And she thinks she's good enough when she hits target three times out of 10. And, um, you know, Echo has to explain to her, no, that's just kind of luck. That's not really talent yet or skill. Skill, man. Is this uh, her being like trained on the weapon and Echo saying like kind of similar things to what Obi-Wan uh, said to Luke when he was training with against the remote with his lightsaber, uh, alluding to force sensitivity? Dun, dun, dun. Um, that feels like that is 100% definitely absolutely what happened because... Who would train a young Padawan in the Force but Echo? <laughs> it makes perfect sense. He seems qualified. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sid, worth mentioning, slick with an energy bow. Oh, yeah. So she fired off three dead center in like a half a second after roasting Omega about her little <laughs> noodle arms or whatever she called them. <laughs> yes. Um very nice. Uh, clearly not her first time with the bow. Um, and when we saw the Ithorian in the weak way, who are apparently the only people who regularly come to this bar, they are like the cheers cast of Sid's bar here. It's like Cliff and Norm. <laughs> yes. They actually have names. It's Bolo and Ketch. Bolo and Ketch? For real? Mm-hmm. Yes. Hmm. Wow. Or Cliff and Norm. Cliff and Norm. I was for sure. I thought that was their names. But the Ithorian has like a translator so you can hear his not basic talk, but also it translates it into mm-hmm. basic, which is cool. I don't vocoder. know why. Uh, vocoder, is that what you said? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know why we don't use those more. It seems very convenient, especially for me as the viewer. Um, but he had, more, he had more speaking lines in the next episode, too. That's so true. It, it stood yeah. out a little bit more. It, yeah. um, I mean, I'm sure it's mostly just for our benefit, but I liked it. It was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sid is, now that she's got her apparently resident crew to send out for whatever she has on her docket, she sends them out to obtain a separatist tactical droid because their intelligence has become extremely valuable. Um are so cool. Yeah. Uh, these, these guys are... Very fun whenever they pop up in the Clone Wars. 
there was a good one in um the season seven that just came out where Anakin pulls him out to him and slices him and then they go attack from the 501st was hidden underneath the bridge. So it's all really good stuff. But um, apparently there are not very many left and they need to get the intelligence out of this uh, tactical droid's brain so they know how to mm-hmm. potentially combat or avoid or um, you know strategize against the clones who are now obviously working for the empire. Yeah. Um, so we are headed to the decommissioning facility on Corellia, which aptly named, that's where they decommission the droids, AKA melt them down. Get out of here. Yeah, I know Get out of here. it's kind of on the nose, but you know, why, why waste time being fancy? What, what you got? Josh? Who, who do we think, uh, hired Sid to get, the droid um that's a good question because it's a really good question and i'm gonna touch on this when we get to the next episode sid is quite shady in my opinion um and we have never gotten any information about who's sending her on any of these missions i have a guess who do you think it is what's what's your guess it rhymes with garth paul Darth Maul. Darth Maul. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Thank you for clarifying that. Uh, I thought it was Jean Paul, which was someone I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe it could be Darth Maul. We did see. I mean, we're going to Corellia. That's where mm-hmm. Kira's from, and she worked for Darth Maul. And there's a whole thing there. Potential is there. It's possible. I'll, I'm. I will take Darth Maul anytime we can get him. I My, I also think so. Okay, I do have well, a counterpoint I'll, to that. I though. will. I'll save this piece for later. But yeah, go ahead. I'm just. I think after what we saw in season seven of Clone Wars, a Darth Maul is probably captured right now. Um, and oh wait, no, she let him out. But B, he's mm-hmm. uh, so scared of Palpatine. I don't know that he's ready to like pop up and try to um, be pulling maneuvers just yet. But we we know he's scheming, big. for sure. We know he's scheming, and and I guess the thing is, I feel like we're finding out that, um, season seven. I think some of the like besides the, the Mandalorian arc at the end, we're kind of like, what is all of this? Like, what's the purpose? Mm-hmm. And now it seems like, oh, we have the Bad Batch, first arc. We have the Spice Girls, second arc. Was season seven just a backdoor pilot for Bad Batch? So now, like, if using that not perfect logic, we're either going to get Darth Maul or Mandos in this show, or both, and maybe also Ahsoka. Hmm. Wow. I also think we'll get Dryden Voss because they made his asset for one throwaway episode of season seven. He's one of the holograms. So they have his assets sitting around, so why would he not show up? And uh, I think it's late enough to spoil this, but Kira also just popped up in the comic books, uh, making all of that whole which then makes me like of the universe relevant. Secretly Mm -hmm. wish for Amelia Clark to show up in like the book of Boba Fett or something. Since they're trying to connect all of these 
current stories together. I mean, everything feels like it's culminating into this like big story. Yeah. Um, which is like the hot thing to do with your media franchise right now. So, uh, you know, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that they're moving in that direction. They're moving to a big crossover. I mean, they're doing a crossover event in the comics right now, which is not really a thing that star Wars does regularly like the, like other comic books do because they're not always all set in the same time period even, but um, it's always fun to see that, you know, because if you like all the Star Wars media, then why not have it all connected and all, you know, intertwined? I love stories that connect. It feels Me natural. Too. It feels like you're part of something. It, it probably sounds ridiculous, but I feel like when you have these bigger, cohesive stories that interconnect with each other, you feel more immersed in that world. Like, it's a weird like connection not to star wars but to that style of storytelling um they're not great but like the chicago fires the chicago pds which connect to the svus that connect to the like all of these different law and orders all of that universe is the same so you can see characters pop up in other things and people love that so why wouldn't that work in star wars well you can just create such a more thoroughly fleshed out universe that Mm -hmm. way because you're built you're building on the infrastructure in all of those different franchises and then it all comes together and it all, you know, you, you just have that much more depth to it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. speaking of, uh, we find ourselves in Corellia, which you may have heard of before in other star Wars. And stories. somewhere there's a baby Han Solo wandering around <laughs> somewhere. They're out there. It is a core world. This is where they manufacture many, many, many kinds of ships, uh, including, uh, famous freighters. Uh, this is where the beginning of Solo, a Star Wars story, takes place. Where they're, um, you know, they escape from with their little tiny nugget of coaxium, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, homeworld of Kira and Han Solo. And I didn't know all these, but Wedge Antilles and yep. Dengar and the Jedi mm-hmm. younglings, uh, Khalifa and Petro from the. It's called the Gathering, but it's where they get their lightsaber crystals. Those guys huh. are all from Corellia. Corellians. Yeah, Corellians. So yeah, cool. Um, Echoes explaining um, the tactical droids to Omega as they're coming into um, Corellia here. She's like always the audience surrogate where we can explain anything to Omega because she doesn't <laughs> know anything. Right. That's like a great way of explaining to us who are watching what is going on. Uh, oh, even yeah. though the clones which, would know, of course. W- which we do have that. This old trick. It gets us past the planetary census every time. Why is a tactical droid more important than the other droids? The more tactical droids fought, the more they learned. And won. Yeah, except against us. <laughs> With clones now serving the Empire, knowing how to defeat them just went up in value. And that's why they're so expensive and so priceless. Hence the job. That's why we're here, because yeah. Sid is all about that cash. Um, <laughs> so here we go. We're, we're landing. We're going to infiltrate the, um, the, the facility here in the industrial district in Coronet City, which was remade canon in the Aftermath novels. This is a town from that existed in Legends, but was... Gone for a minute, now it's back again. Um, 
I think it's the planetary capital. Pretty sure. Mm-hmm. It is Coronet City, not um, Corellia City. It's like a Kansas City type thing. Um, but they're avoiding this police droids, which are everywhere. Um, police droids are fourth class security droids, which means they're not very high. There's five classes of droids, uh, one being the best, fifth being uh, the lowest. They're the level five is like the the toilet scrubbers or something, and and these police droids are only fourth class. They're not very good. Ouch. Uh, yeah. Ouch. They're programming, however, which the, I, I'm only noting these things because it doesn't make a ton of sense. So, like, we split these things into five levels. The second to lowest level, these are barely intelligent enough to function. These are the ones who are going to be in charge of keeping the peace. <laughs> And they're allowed to harm sentient beings under specific operational parameters, like if someone's breaking the law or endangering. Which seems like okay, but if that if they're allowed to do that, I think we should we should make them smarter droids. We need some ones or twos out there, not fours. It's not my universe, mm-hmm. not my call. But props, oh, props need corners, more training. Budgetary. Weird. I wasn't trying to go there. I was just laying it out to let people <laughs> draw their own conclusions. But yes, um, we probably cut some corners to save a couple dollars, and maybe it wasn't worth it. I don't know. Something to think about. But uh, we sneak by these fourth-class security droids. If they were class one or two, maybe they would have caught them. Who knows? Who's to say? Um, but we find the giant conveyor belt that's dropping the droids into the giant smelter um it it looked a lot liquid like liquid hot magma exactly <laughs> i wish we had that audio queued up that's exactly what it looked like <laughs> i just was um, not expecting that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that tickled josh that was like my favorite part um and they send wrecker up to be the lookout from the top and he wants to argue uh you know that was crosshair's job he's got a fear of heights that's called acrophobia um and this was mentioned in the season seven the the backdoor pilot um that josh mentioned earlier it's coming back again record does not like being up in the air this is going to come up again in the next episode too but um it's not his favorite yeah he doesn't like it i think it probably makes him a little dizzy makes him nauseous um and omega's keeping watch with some binox up on the catwalk while they are moving in to try and get this tactical droid. She's like, just gotta be involved. So they're, they're like when your little brother wants to play video games with you and you give him the other controller, that's not even like turned on or plugged <laughs> in or whatever. She's like, yeah, I'll watch with the binoculars from up here just to make sure like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You're tails. I'll be Sonic. You be tails. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so echo scomps in and he finds that there's only one tactical droid left believe it or not they got here just in time it's the last one um in the facility anyway probably not too many anywhere else uh i don't know but there's only one left here um and omega from up on the catwalk she spots the droid head and right then sees someone grab it and run off someone who's disguised in like the worker jumpsuit situation that all like manual labor type employees in the star Wars universe have some type of jumpsuit. It seems like, but we find out later that that is trace Martez who Mm -hmm. to Josh's theory, we met in season seven of the clone wars 
the backdoor Bad Batch pilot, as it shall henceforth be known. Um, so Rafa, who is also keeping watch from up on the catwalk, apparently, um, runs into Omega, and they have a little standoff. Omega uh, pulls her her bow on Rafa. Um, her arms are, like Sid said earlier, not strong enough. She gets a little shaky. Um, mm-hmm. Trace gets caught by the clones. Uh, down on the lower level i didn't like thoroughly thoroughly understand the like the architecture of this plant that we were in because we kept getting close-ups in different places but um uh, rafa tries to grab omega's bowl uh bow because presumably she does not want to get shot by it and it's aimed right in her face from not far away um and one of the bolts goes off and hits some big vent and of course the actual workers notice and see that um, people have broken in and they set off the alarms and that's when many 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 more of these level four droids the police security droids uh come in to try and secure the area mm-hmm. trace and rafa a lot yeah there were there are many of them and even more come later but yeah trace and rafa are still trying to get out of their with the tactical droid during the confusion while the bad batch immediately go into let's shoot things mode, um, blasting droids. They're going to like take that distraction and use it to their advantage. Um, but Hunter spots them and, uh, Oh no, he doesn't. I lied. He tells the clones to take care of, uh, the alarm while he goes to chase down, Trace and Rafa and get the tactical droid head back because they need that payday. Um, Echo calls for Wrecker to come down and help them because they're getting overwhelmed by these droids. He's still up on the uh, catwalk. He's not feeling uh, super pumped. He is very scared of the heights, um, but he, uh, you know, has figured out they're in a tight spot. He can't live up there forever. So he's got to swing uh, across the way from some kind of grabber situation and knocks his head on the other side. I, he was trying to hit a switch for him up there. He was trying to pull some lever. Is that right? The, yeah. They said you need to pull the lever on the to turn off the alarm or to, to reopen the reboot the system or something like that. Yeah, that's what he was trying to and hit. So he, yeah, so he, oh, that's why he had to jump over to the other side there. Yeah, so he ends up like jumping and grabbing onto uh, something hanging like above the, there like and claw swung over the claw game. The claw, yeah, yeah, the claw. Yeah, the claw. <laughs> um, but right as he's landing on the other side, he gets yet another knock to the head. Boom. And I'm not—I mean this in the least judgmental way. I like this character. He does not have the brain cells to spare. He is not the sharpest one in the bunch. He cannot keep taking these head injuries. He's he's a couple concussions away from not being able to tie his own shoes or something. I'm, I'll tie them I'm for him. To, I'm I'm worried about his his uh the health of his brain. Um, but he's, he's keeping he's up his shot out here. He's keeping up his street of of getting knocked out in every single episode. So again, mm-hmm. episode six, record gets taken out in 100% of the episodes and that's when he starts going through his uh his uh so order 66 orders. chant mm-hmm. this one Record, the system total 
Sounds like something out of Aliens. My poor boy. He took a couple shots here. He did. He took a few shots too, and nobody talked about it. Oh, there it was. That's all he got out, and then he passed out. Yeah. He was down. Yeah, he he's, was trying uh, so hard to resist it. He's down a lot. He gets taken out quite a bit. I'm running to know, step up his defense. Anybody who point. plays video games knows that your heavy always goes down the fastest. He, he's, not, he's not a proper tank. No, he's not a great tank. <laughs> he's just a heavy. He's not a tank. He need, he needs some protection. He, we need to get him. We need to upgrade his armor or something. Get him a mm -hmm. health pack. Find a way. Right. This is the way. Um. Yeah. The, it's not he, the way. He's he needs like a best car helmet like uh, like Din Jaren had with the uh, you know he's also prone to head injuries. The, he's getting pounded by the uh, the dark death trooper and he's. he's I love fine. my men thoroughly concussed. <laughs> Yeah, that's how Maggie likes them with their brains scrambled. <laughs> um, and so we go straight from Wrecker knocked out. He's out cold. He's down for the count. He's not really, but he's down temporarily. Um, to Trace and Omega both racing for the droid head that has fallen down onto the conveyor belt that is dumping everything into the smelter. Um, Omega gets there, but she isn't able to climb out. It's down in like kind of a ditch. It's just like Toy Story 3. They're going to die. They're about to get dumped over the edge. It's uh, going to ruin everybody's childhood. Um, and Omega's calling for help over Comlink that she just recently got. Good thing. It's already come in handy. It's not a toy, mm -hmm. but this is a serious situation. Um, and... <laughs> Rafa and Hunter are um, trying to get down there to help get her out. They both want to obviously save the kid and save the droid. Um, and they're they're reaching out with whatever they can grab onto. Um, but Omega's too short and she can't get to it. And they end up using a B2 series battle droid leg to uh, reach up and gets grabbed and pulls her out of the... Uh, conveyor belt and up to safety but now they're improvise. yeah just in time but uh now they're arguing over who's going to take the tactical droid um but they're getting overwhelmed by these police droids that are still swarming in so they decide they gotta work together to get out of that facility first and then they can figure out the tactical droid next that was a ton of droids too and it's many, just many just like the empire they just they're not very smart and they're not really good but they can just overwhelm you with numbers sheer numbers uh this this yep. does lead us to one of the best gags potentially in the series so far when they're kind of pinned down and i think we got a clip for that yep we need a diversion what we need is a diversion is there an echo in here Yes. What? I'm Echo. Really? <laughs> okay, Echo. We need a distraction. And he can help with that. <laughs> Still one of the best Classic. Jokes. Classic. It's a great dad joke. Um, and classic, like, big sibling move, too. Just like, oh, well, I'm going to steal your idea and steal your thunder. And takes the little sister's plan and just says it a little louder and gets all the credit. Um, but... 
ultimately their plan is similar to what they moved or what they did in the Citadel when Thick Thighs Tarkin was testing them and they're going to reprogram the droid. But instead of reprogramming one droid, they're going to reprogram all of the droids that are being decommissioned to uh, be their mutated zombie droid army. Which this was one of my favorite parts because I like yeah. I like the droids because they're at this point campy, but I think most everybody kind of enjoys I enjoy it. that campiness of the battle droids. I think when they first came out, everybody was like, what the heck's this in my Star Wars? Now everybody's like, oh, I kind of like the droids because they're, they're yeah. silly. If you don't like them, that's okay too. But um, I like them because they're pretty campy, but we get this gem of dialogue. I love that last part too, where he says orders are orders because this is exactly what the clones are going through with the chips with good soldiers follow orders. They just, Mm. they're programmed. That's true. They're just programmed. Um, But yeah, they, he wakes up, he said, what, what's going on? Did we win? (laughs) Like they have no clue what's going on anymore. Leave it to the battle droids. They're, they're clueless. They're, they're the epitome of just, well, there's a million They're of that them. Level so, five. <laughs> yeah, those are the yeah. level five droids. Um, so we're waking up the the decommissioned droids to to be the the zombie army for the Bad Batch and the Spice Girls. Um, and, and right before that happens, actually, um, Tech is reprogramming the droids and boosting the signal, and they're they're kind of getting closed in on. And that's when Omega's calling for Wrecker to come help them. Um, and he he wakes up and jumps down from the perch he was up on and and takes out a whole bunch of police droids, which is just enough to buy them some time and and wake up all the other droids. And I really Wrecker love that is Omega that is the thing that pulls him out of the good soldiers follow orders trigger. They definitely, they definitely have a bond that comes up in the next episode too. Um, and, and now that we've got the other droids up, they they don't know if they won the war or not, but it doesn't matter because all they need to do is distract the police droids. Um, the Martez sisters and the clones are out of there. Um, they've got the the tactical droid head. Um. And they've got these police droids distracted, so we're going to make a break for it. But Trace drops the droid head on the way out and breaks it, potentially making this whole thing for nothing. Um, But they're fighting their way out, and Omega, somehow, I do not know how this happened. Maybe someone can explain it to me. But at the beginning of this episode, which was presumably just a few hours ago, Omega was terrible with this bow and not even really strong enough to hold it. And now she is quite good. I don't know if she got stronger, if she was practicing in the Havoc Marauder on the way there, but mm-hmm. um, she was bad this morning. 
she's very good tonight. Um, but just she only time, needed to be told I how guess. to fix her form once, and she's good to yeah, go. That was it. That was it. all she needed to be told was your week. Oh, that was yeah. it. She got on Wrecker's uh, workout program, and now she can yeah. steady the bow. All right, yeah. that makes perfect do, sense. Doing some gunk curls on the Havoc Marauder there. I think you only need to do one. That's just. <laughs> Um, so we're, we're back and they're, they're ready to head out. They, they broke out of the, the decommissioning plant there and, um, Rafa finds out that they were basically just taking this tactical droid because somebody told them to, and they wanted to get paid and she doesn't realize they didn't even know who they were selling it to. And they were willing to sell this valuable asset to, um, a stranger. And that's when Trace says, our contact is part of a movement that is fighting against the empire to help people make things better. And that's when I'm sure we all started drawing uh, conclusions about who we thought that <laughs> was. Um, Bail Organa yeah. was a very popular name getting thrown around. I don't think it was unreasonable, but it was not correct necessarily. We're a bunch of yeah. spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was yeah. one of those people. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, we we when we land, we get this beautiful, beautiful moment with uh, with Omega and uh, the the Martez sisters. And this was awesome. You should come visit us sometime. Isn't that part of Ornamental a little seedy? Very. <laughs> it's great. Keep working on that bow, kid. I will. Bye. Bye, Omega. She said, "I will. Bye." Yeah, and that was it. Yeah, she yeah. just she just wants Get a friend so bad. She's inviting. You visit us sometime. Isn't that part of ordinary? I she's love that she's like everyone yeah. back. She's yeah. so determined mm-hmm. to have friends, and she's like, "You should come back with us." Every like anyone anyone she meets is getting an invitation, open invitation. They're not good at hiding, but at least these people are a little nicer than the last person mm-hmm. she invited home for dinner. Um. And then that's when Hunter does end up giving Rafa um, a data rod that conveniently tech copied the info from the tactical droid when they were in there reprogramming. Yeah, good thing he did that. Um, But Mm -hmm. they decided that obviously this um, rebellion is more important than our credits that we're going to get from, who knows, maybe a bad person who's going to do the wrong thing who knows um but you know hunter made the the good call there and he Mm -hmm. like just like he said to them you're doing it for the right reasons um and then that's pretty much the end of the episode minus the little teaser at the end where the spice girls are up on their um on their ship with r7 the hotly debated Mm -hmm. for a week um (laughs) droid it wasn't uh, even a week we, because Star Wars confirmed it like two days later in their recap. You just didn't want here, to believe it, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's here's the audio. Let's let's take a listen here. Patch them through, R seven. <laughs> we acquired the tactical droid data from Corellia, and we had help. It was a squad of rogue clones. And I know where to find them. Thought you might want to know. She says it so ominously. 
Yes, right? Too. Like it was Yeah, and it was it was very trying to misdirect, I think. And you only see the corner, this shoulder of a caped person or a hooded person. Uh where somebody wearing a poncho, if you will, uh on oh, this ponchos. who she's on this hologram. Yeah. So it was a little misleading with the music and how her tone about it was. And I think we've talked about that before with the Martez sisters and some of the delivery of lines for animated stuff versus like their live action stuff. And it just kind of sounds well, at some point, different at some point. Isn't that just the way that character talks then? I, I would guess. Yeah. I think this I, was I deliberate so. though as a misdirection for, for sure to keep the next episode mm-hmm. a surprise. Yeah. Well, I didn't think it was Rex for sure, but it, yeah. Like my heart wanted it to be Rex, but like with the audio, the combination of the soundtrack and the way that she said the line, Mm -hmm. I was like, it's going to be someone super crazy like Dryden Voss or Darth Maul or like somebody bad. No, of course not. Yeah, it was an exciting episode, though. I really enjoyed it. Um, Like I said, you know, I'm not the biggest Martez sister fan, um, but I thought it was a better story with them involved in this than the first one. And I realized that the, the first arc that we saw them in was really foreshadowing and setting up that story later on. But I thought this blended a little bit better with the bad batch and kind of the chaos that was going on in the droid factory. That's just my take. Yeah, it was a good one. I liked it. It was good to see, um, you know, clone wars characters pop back up again. Of course, that's always fun. And, um, tactical droids. I'm not like the biggest droid or separatist person necessarily. I would hope the, you're not a separatist. Uh, uh well, <laughs> they, <laughs> they made a point, Maggie. You're sounding but, like a separatist, uh, <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> they weren't all wrong <laughs> technically, but the, the droids <laughs> the are not my favorite, laugh. but I do, I do like a tactical droid. I, cool. I like, when you saw them early in the Clone Wars, they were really just what, like a plain gray and like very basic. But when you saw them later on in Clone Wars, there was the what green one that had the real ornate gold, like filigree painting all over I believe it. That, that one just... was technically in Rebels in the quote last that battle it? of the Clone Wars. Um, not not to well actually you, I could be wrong about that, but I think it was. But I, and I think there might have been one at some point that was like an homage to Kobe Bryant. Yep. I could be so yes. crazy, but yes. I think there no, was there a purple, purple and, one. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But their Good. paint jobs got almost like they were, I don't, not upgrades, but they were like m- m- uh, badges of they honor or like medals or something. Yeah. 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 Like they earned those paint jobs versus what you saw in the beginning, which was just plain Jane gray robots. So yeah, yeah uh I think Josh episode, Josh is fact checking. What do you got, Josh? No, I'm just supporting um you you would be talking about K two B four. So he's a T series. That's the Kobe one. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Nice. Yep. Nice, nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Purple and purple and gold. Purple and is that right? Yeah, K two B four. Lakers colors. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, yep. nice, nice. Uh, I don't yeah, know who in cool. the in the production end is a Lakers fan, but somebody I don't know wanted to make that happen. I guess. Yeah. Oh, voiced by Ashley Eckstein. Really, the tactical K two B four. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. That's pretty cool. So she can say she's played Cherub on Earth. Kobe Bryant. 
in something. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I, uh, a solid episode though. I, I liked it. Lots of action. Love seeing the bat, the battle droids again. Um, but it really kind of, you know, laid a little groundwork to finally get to the chip issue. Cause we've, we've been watching Wrecker struggle with this constant headache for like five episodes now. And it, 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 it escalated it a little bit more hitting it again. And now we get into, you know, the next episode battle scars, which specifically addresses the chip, which we've, I think all kind of been waiting for. Right. Yes. Yeah. I think this is like the first major point that they've been building up to. Um, and I was excited to get to it. I think mm-hmm. it's been a little slow up to this point, but I, I did just check and Kalani was the um the tactical droid that that was in rebels that has the fancy like uh ornate filigree armor yeah you were talking it was about. cool sorry not to go back yeah. like not to pull a josh no, and you're go good. Back that's my minutes, gimmick but i know sorry <laughs> i'm not trying to rip you off <laughs> uh, well, does anybody have anything else on episode six are we ready to move on to uh episode seven battle scars um episode seven is I'm the good. force awakens kyle Josh, I you, for a split second I was nervous. I was like, "Oh crap!" Was Episode Seven not Battle Scars? And am I looking at the completely wrong thing here? <laughs> but then, of course, it was a troll comment. He was talking mm. about the movies. For anyone who didn't understand that reference, <laughs> for the for the people listening to the Bad Batch recap show that are not familiar with. I like Star Wars, but I only watch the cartoons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Forget all that live action garbage. <laughs> okay, so anyway. Let's dive in. After Josh derailing the show as usual, um, we're on to <laughs> episode seven girls. Battle Scars. Um, directed by Saul Ruiz, who is familiar to everyone, and written by Jennifer Corbett, who we also discussed. Uh, she was a writer on the episode Aftermath. She was also listed with Dave Filoni as a writer on that same episode. So this is her second go at the Bad Batch. Um, but here we uh, we come in quickly. We're like in the middle of some other um, run that they were on. Um, and they're being chased by some gunships that are being flown by um, the Rokai. New some, species. Yeah, some yeah. group of people that they stole a lizard from. Um, and, and they're trying to get out of there. How long before Echo gets the hyperdrive online? Um, Ruby's getting scared. Uh, this is the name that Omega gave to the lizard because she's a kid and kids name animals. That's what they do. And Poor Ruby. This is the kind of hard-hitting information that people tune into. We do the hard work, so you guys don't have to. This lizard is specifically an unidentified lizard of no specification whatsoever. You might say that's a UIL, an unidentified lizard. An unidentified (laughs) lizard. They're all over the place in a galaxy far, far away. And the Rokai gang is a ring of thieves and that is all there is to be known about the rokai gang can you tell me how a ring of thieves thieves is different than 
a den of thieves. Mm. And could you also tell me how it's different than a hive of scum and villainy? So a hive mm. um, would imply that there's uh, layers, you know, kind of stacked up honeycomb situation. Gotcha. Whereas a ring, they're going to sit in a circle. Think uh, night, Knights of the Round yeah. Table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah, it's mostly right. seating yeah. arrangements is really what den, it boils den down to. Den is where to. they live. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. The den is like the study. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's yeah. the study of thieves. Yeah, but it's the go to in the nineties. It would have been called the computer room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. But so, wow. Now that you guys have all the details on everything in this like thirty second opener, um, believe it or not. <laughs> Echo does in fact get the hyperdrive online just in time and they jump to hyper uh hyperspace and they are back on Ord Mantel at Sid's bar with Sid, after whom the bar is named. We assume. I don't know. It's possible Sid bought this bar from another person named Sid. Um, though it seems unlikely we can't say it's impossible. When I was in hmm. high school, I worked at a liquor store called Frank's Liquor City. Owned by a family. No Franks. Not a no single Franks. Frank. No Franks. Anyway. Not a okay. single Frank. Was it named after an uncle? Not, nope. not, not an uncle or an aunt? Frank, not no. A, nope. Not a, not a dog. They just liked Frank. Okay. okay. All right. They bought, sure. it. they bought it from Mr. Frank. Um, <laughs> and uh, back here in Sid's bar, we see the two um, normal bar flies, the Athorian and the Weakway. And Bolo and Ketch. Uh, Norm, is that what you said? Okay. And Cliff. Norm and Cliff, yeah. Um, and <laughs> Norm. a third mysterious hooded figure. Who could there's it actually, be? Uh, dun, dun. Um, there's actually, so when they first go in, the hooded figure is sitting with a godel and a blue unidentified alien. Oh, he had some some peeps with him at the very, he very did. beginning? At I didn't even catch beginning. that. Let's see, mm-hmm. that's why you're here, Josh. To cover our tracks. Eagle eye. Eagle eye over there. Um, <laughs> and Wrecker and Omega go off to get Mantel Mix, which is a crunchy snack food that looks kind of like colored popcorn. but And available not. in Batu. Um, and know. apparently it's their sort of after, after mission reward ritual that they like to do and and wrecker does the like oh you know it makes the kid happy but clearly it makes him just as happy too because mm-hmm. he is just a giant kid for yeah. sure he's um he's still young at heart big time <laughs> uh so the kids being wrecker and omega run off to get um crunchy snack food and the adults go in the back room of the bar to settle up. Yep, and this is what you get. All right, fellas, here's your cut. Whoa, 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 whoa. You said the job paid three times this. For me, not for you. And just how is this a mutually beneficial arrangement? You're breathing, aren't you? Rather generous considering the debt you owe me. What debt? Docking fees, port charges, gear, fuel, rations, and 20 cartons of Mantel mix? There it is. 20. That's a lot of Mantel mix. Mm-hmm. 
There'll be 14 credits for the Mantelman. There we go, 14 credits oh, for the yeah. Mantelman. That's where the number came from. And apparently mm -hmm. it's expensive too. That seems so pricey for a, for, a, for a little snack. For movie, yeah. movie theater so, prices. Yeah. Uh, so they, tw they've had 20 orders plus another two that they're placing during this. 22 so that's 22 crates. We don't yeah, know how many crates. orders are in a crate. I'm assuming it's that little box they were yeah, holding yeah. is like the crate. Mm -hmm. So like at least 11 missions at this point, right? Yep. They've been there a while. Is what I get? They've been there. Assuming, yeah. you know, assuming they started that on the first mission, not to be like a, a statistics nerd, but like, yes, if they, if they've gotten them every time, it's at least, at least uh, 11. And I feel bad because because Hunter's on a tight budget here, trying to keep the ship afloat, you know. And you got Wrecker and Omega, basically putting him in more debt with popcorn. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, they're eating the spending family mad cash on popcorn. Like, come on, man! But I'm trying to trying to be serious here. There's there's a couple levels to this too, because on one hand, the clones are naive. Um, they they don't know how to really take care of themselves, and of course, when you're in the military, they supply you with everything you need your food and your board and your you know somewhere to park your ship and all these things they never had to worry about mm -hmm. any of it and now um he's got a bill for all these things the other side of that yeah. is sid is clearly pulling like a kind of a shady kind of shakedown move on these guys who she wants to work for her because they're more capable than anybody else she can hire so i'm going to give you a little bit of money but i'm going to charge you more than I give you, so I know you're essentially an indentured servant, um, which is a slime ball move. And apparently, yeah. Sid, who I thought was just kind of like, and I talked about this on Friday on our Bad Patch recap show, 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Uh, you should join <laughs> us. Uh, but I used to think she was just like making moves. Um, it's kind of a rough world out there right now, so I'm going to make a buck. I'm going to do what I got to do to make a dollar, which is like maybe not the most upstanding thing, but it doesn't necessarily make you a bad person. Um, but I'm getting vibes that Sid is in fact a bad, bad person. She's not just maybe, like trying to make a buck. Maybe though, this is just like part of a broader character arc for Sid though, right? Like we think that she's bad, but then at some point here, it's it's gonna come up where maybe she gets you know a shakedown or something like that and ends up protecting Bad Batch or, or she'll goes to them bat out. for them or or, or that yeah. I mean that could happen too totally but like maybe that's, that's part what of her. she hinted at at the very beginning when um, she and Hunter made the very first arrangement too where she was like well no I can keep a good secret you know be a shame mm -hmm. if anybody found you I, I'm not trusting Sid and I'm not saying she can't get an arc and she can't uh, be redeemed and she can't come around and see the light and yada 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 but as of right now uh, she's yeah. kind of a sleazy um, uh, Trandoshan bar runner I'm not digging it Slimo. she is a she's a Slimo she, right. she's a Slimo she is a Bantha Griffin Poodoo Slimo. at this point do you have yeah. a problem with uh, Trandoshans, a... Kyle? No, I, I, th I, as you may recall, am the one who says Trandoshans aren't necessarily evil just because they're Trandoshan. But okay. Okay. she is, in fact, a Trandoshan bar owner. And I she think is you're confusing slimy. him with someone else. She is a coin flip away from uh, going one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
So well, look, like, we'll see. Look, look, look. They're, like, I'm gonna pay you five dollars, but on, at the same time, change you, t- charge you twenty dollars for living here. That's like a mafia predator. Like, uh, that's not a. A, 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 like a upstanding a boss move. move that's um, mm-hmm. a slimy underhanded thing especially when it wasn't discussed ahead of time because clearly yeah. this is the first time hunters heard about any of these bills that are already racked up mm-hmm. uh, and I'm yeah. just saying it's not that's not how you do business it's not how you keep things above board but you know as they're arguing about this exact argument that I'm having with you guys right now uh, they hear some blaster fire coming from out in the main room where there's only like five people, so pew, pew. things are jumping off. <laughs> there were pew pews. Pew pew. Yeah. Um, and this this is where we get a big reveal. This is where we get a big Huge. reveal. And I'm going to... It's yeah, Bill be, Organa. I should... <laughs> yes, Jimmy Smith, baby. Who's known Here comes for Jimmy shooting Smith's. off blasters. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I should preface, a couple of these clips are just a little bit on the longer side, so like this one. Oh, great. Another clone. Just what I needed. Well, don't get comfy. I'm done taking in straight. This ain't a clone clubhouse, you know. I like that I'm one. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. They own the place. Captain, it's been a while, boys. Where have you been, Rex? <laughs> That's a long story. Enter dramatic music, and now we get to the recap of Rex's tale. Yeah, he's uh, he he was kind of non-committal. He left it a little bit open-ended. He's uh, it's a long story. I've been keeping a low profile uh, since since uh, the end of the Clone Wars, and and again, we know it's been at least eleven missions, and we know that they uh, hit at least two spots before that. Um, but we don't really know how long it's been since Order 66. I get the impression that it's been at least a couple months, but um, we don't really, I don't really know. I don't have a great frame of reference for that. Um, but um, as they're having this discussion and Rex explains where he was, this is where Tech is mentioning that they saw uh, files on him. Yep. And when the war ended... I guess you could say I've been uh, keeping a low profile. Very low. Imperial Files have you listed as killed in action. Being dead in the Empire's eyes has its advantages. I really, I really love Tech in this episode just because he, he has these like straight, straight, like uh, uh, the straight punchline jokes mm-hmm. of the comedy duo and. Like you're very low because you can't get lower than dead. Yeah. <laughs> like so, yes, killed in action is as low as you can go, but not low enough to not wear his armor anymore. Yeah, <laughs> right. With yeah. a poncho. Uh, strange, strange <laughs> yeah. call, but um, you know, very iconic armor. Literally the only thing he's ever known too. So, um, you know, he he, he doesn't even know how to pick out clothes. Um, no. But yeah, he's he's dead, and I'd say one of the one of those major advantages of being dead in the eyes of the Empire is that they are uh, probably not looking for you. 
and that's mm-hmm. you know like the main one uh because i'm sure he would be definitely a uh a hot target especially if they found out that he had removed his chip yeah um but Rex tells Tech that Trace and Rafa Martez told him about a squad of rogue clones and that they're traveling with a kid and he asks who the kid is. And Hunter explains that Omega's riding with them and that she's a clone just like us. And that's, you know, perfect timing for a 25-minute episode. Wrecker and Omega come back in from their crunchy snack right at that time. Yeah. And the rest of them were sitting around this bar having a couple drinks at this point and just kind of adding to that tab that Hunter's mm-hmm. trying to keep yeah. down. Hopefully, so, hopefully uh, get seltzer water. Yeah, but you get this uh, awesome reunion with uh, Wrecker and Rex in the introduction of Rex to Omega. Well, look who it is. <laughs> Come here, Rex. <laughs> yeah, good to see you too, Wrecker. I thought you didn't like the rigs. This one we like. Omega, this is Rex. Love this music. Many clones in my time, but never one like you. You're a generation one. Now how'd you know that? From the lines in your face. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I've been around. You got that right. <laughs> <laughs> I need one of those med patches. Love that music change. Nothing. Just, There's just a like a kid. Headache. Just a headache. You're old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the guy pulling uh, Robin Williams' face in in Hook. There you like, are. There Peter. you are, Pete. <laughs> I'm glad you got that. Okay, good. <laughs> I do that to Tab at least once a week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she loves it. That seems like something she's never seen Hook, so it only cracks me oh up, not God. her. Oh, <laughs> never oh, seen oh, Hook. Oh, it's man. a classic with Rufio. My goodness, Rufio. Oh, oh. she's a fan of the pop punk band Rufio too, and I'm like, she doesn't even get the reference. It's named after <laughs> this guy. Well, <laughs> you know who does the score for Hook? John Williams. Boom. Oh. I okay. didn't even know yep. that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that actor who plays Rufio has done quite a bit of voice acting, including this is a bit of a reach, but in Avatar The Last Airbender, on which Dave Filoni worked. Boom. Back to Star Wars. Um <laughs> Good time. But Good yeah. Time. But we just heard and I speaking of that clip that Justin just played, why is Wrecker always just like <laughs> You can say that again. He's <laughs> <laughs> in some pain over there. There's just like uh, an extra like five <laughs> seconds of noise comes out of him after he's done talking. Uh, whatever. Uh, you know, there's there's always like, one of those guys in every friend group. The one that just... Well, like, you can say that again. <laughs> yeah, like he's kind of like, I don't know, not like a surfer dude, but like, I don't know. There's like a specific type of guy that he fulfills the trope of and i don't know what it's called but there's one in every friend group it's like not exactly uh, like the meathead not exactly the jock yeah he's the himbo he just like 
<laughs> Even in the the all women Ghostbusters, like Chris Hemsworth's like himbo character does the like laugh after he speaks thing. It's a thing. <laughs> I was gonna say he's the guy in the weight room that's making the extra noises when he's banging the weights around for no apparent reason, <laughs> like when he's just standing there getting hyped up, and then uh, or or the dad that makes the extra noises when he's sitting down or getting up that really aren't uh, necessary. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Sit down. Yeah, he's, uh, he's probably that, that dad kind of that says burp when he burps. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like a giant Jimmy Fallon who just laughs at everything he says after he says it. But he's asking, he's asking for a med patch. His head is still bothering him. His poor head. Rex, oh, his poor head. He he whacked it like. So many episodes ago, it's been giving him trouble ever since. And uh, Rex asks him what's wrong, and uh, Wrecker says it's just a headache. And Tech remarks that the headaches have been getting more frequent, not a great sign. And Rex is like getting nervous. He's putting his hands on his on his yeah. weapons, and he's like he's got tense. Uh, wait a minute! I just had to bury like fifty of my best friends because of this. He's obviously nervous, and Tech says because of their deviant nature, quote, uh, it appears to have impeded the functionality of the inhibitor chips. Uh, well, you know, except Crosshair, but I'm sure we're all fine. You know, like, which this guy's, his special, like, bordering on magic ability is that he's so smart, he can figure anything out, but he's also like, yeah, uh, Crosshair, his inhibitor chip worked, but, like, Ours, no way. It's never going to happen. We're totally fine. Like, give me a break. That doesn't make any sense. But, you know, here we are. Um, and Rex is full-on officially shocked that they are just rolling mm. around, acting like everything's normal without removing their inhibitor chips. And uh, Tech's like, yeah, we've still got chips. We are fine. See, everything's fine. Um, even though, clearly, it's not because... Wrecker has gotten six concussions and starts saying good soldiers follow orders every other episode, which we all know is not a good sign. Um, so Rex has got his hands on his blasters. He's like backing up away from them and he's telling them they're a threat to everyone, including Omega. And this is like a very small fatherly moment, but you can like tell that that, triggers something for hunter like you know we're not just it's not just gonna flip and then we're gonna fight each other you know there's this kid that we're responsible for and where we could be a danger to her too um rex even calls them ticking time bombs and um that they can't control the the chips there's nothing they can do about it when it goes off mm -hmm. it just goes off and um hunter can see that omega's scared and um just goes ahead and says, how are we going to remove him? And Rex clearly did not have that planned out yet. He said, that's a good question, and I'll be in touch. Um, and from there, we see them already pulling into Braca to meet up with Rex. Um, because apparently he has developed some kind of plan. Um, Braca is the inhospitable junkyard planet it's in the mid rim we've seen it in jedi fallen order famously we discussed that uh, mm -hmm. also on the live show um it shows up in from a certain point of view and resistance reborn as well 
and nearly all services were operated by and nearly all inhabitants were employed by the Scrapper Guild, which, um, believe it or not, maintains enormous scrapyards that handle the disposal of starships, vehicles, um, and also recycling and repurposing of related technology. So it's like a really, really, really big you pull and save. Like, oh, you need a catalytic converter? I got uh, one of those over there. Let me go pull it out of the old junk right. heap. You can get it at a discount, something like that. Um, what do you got, Josh? I'm going to do it. You don't like my do analogy? It. Okay, go ahead. No, I got to do it. Do you remember the character from Rebels, Jai Kel? He was a human cadet at the Academy for Young Imperials. He's the one that was friends with Ezra, and he oh, left. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, got yeah, him yeah. out. And then he, we mm -hmm. see him later. He chose to a, stay. Yeah, he's one of the like freedom fighters. Mm -hmm. uh, he is played by voice actor Dante Basco, who also played Rufio. Rufio in Rufio! Hook. Oh! There you go. Sorry, you said that, and Very I was like, nice. no, he wasn't Star Wars something. Because I, I remember hearing his voice and going, because <gasps> he oh. does have a distinct voice. Yeah, um, yes, he does, and he doesn't really mm -hmm. do voices. He just reads the lines, and he's a fine yep. voice actor, but it's just his voice. So. It's okay, recognizable. Good. I that have to do good, that Josh. at least once an episode. It's part of my contract. So, I, <laughs> Josh, bringing it back full circle. He was going to get fined, <laughs> and you know we're getting close. We're like halfway through this one, so he, he had to get mm -hmm. it in there. Um, so the people who work for the Scrapper Guild are divided into specializations. You got your cutters, your hazmats, your riggers, and they are supervised by Foreman droids, Cal Kestis, who you may or may not remember. From uh, Jedi Fallen Order, he is one of the characters in that video game, aka the main character you play as the whole time. He was a rigger, and I tried to look up what a cutter and a hazmat and a rigger does. And a hazmat obviously works with the hazardous materials, but um, a cutter and a rigger are kind of the same thing, as far as I can tell. So I don't have um, really any further details on that. They both break apart the giant ships so they can salvage the parts and the tech to be shipped off world by the giant speed cargo trains they they have um loved loved seeing the ships though when they landed the mm -hmm. the havoc marauder and that and rex's y-wing just chilling there yeah. like in a hangar that was pretty cool yeah i like y-wings they're cool ships you know y-wings and x-wings mm -hmm. are like two of my favorites so um, those uh those those Clone Wars ones though, with kind of the curvier, like body style from the neck to the to the engine pods, right? Like very Art Deco style, <laughs> type way ship. better aesthetics. They, yes, than the regular than the Y wing that you see in uh, in uh, A New Hope and those on. Those were held together by um, duct tape and the Force <laughs> I think. toothpicks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So we're pulling in to meet up with Rex here. Um. Um, on the uh, uh, Braca, the junkyard planet. Um, and Rex is grumbling and being irritated. He obviously doesn't really want to get this procedure done. And this is where Tech explains that they're all going to get it done, um, everybody except Omega, because she doesn't have an inhibitor chip. And um, doesn't he say, like, that's not fair? Yeah. He's, oh, <laughs> like, not that fair. Too. like, he's yeah, a big baby. He he like, that's not fair. Yeah, she doesn't even have yeah. to do it, even though she's like literally a child. 
Um, but Tech explains, and this is a, a question we've had because he was developing that scanner in one of the early episodes to detect the chips, and he explained that he used Rex, who has already removed his inhibitor chip, as a baseline um, to compare their scans against to help find the chip. So apparently that's what he was still working on, and that's why it wasn't done. Um, but they they finally land in rendezvous there with Rex, like uh, Justin was saying, in his Y-wing, in some kind of hangar, some hidden, tucked away little place they found um, on the planet there. And Rex takes them up over a ridge, and he points out to a, a Venator-class Star Destroyer. That's what the Jedi command ships were during the Clone Wars that are obviously mostly being decommissioned and scrapped now in favor of the star star destroyers that uh the empire uses that we see in the original trilogy um and rex tells him that he had his inhibitor chip removed on a jedi cruiser like that like we saw in season seven of the clone wars and um presumably they can go do the same thing for them in the the med bay on this uh venator class star destroyer um and that's not not a bad plan no it's not a bad plan and rex is uh good for coming up with a intelligent plan and uh the the bad batch already respect him we we got Mm -hmm. that little arc in the clone Wars season seven because you know like omega mentioned earlier they don't generally like the regs as much, but they do respect um, Captain Rex because they got history with him. So they're going to trust his um, his plan. And this little scouting mission is when they notice the Scrapper Guild men- members up on the hover barge. And Rex tells them that's why they had to park so far away because they have to avoid being detected mm-hmm. by these Scrapper Guild members that are floating around. Um and then uh, next, where they suit up, which uh, was a controversial point amongst our hosts, but they uh, they suit up in their it's helmets a- and their armor, and they're they're off to, um, you know, traverse into the into the star destroyer and get try to get to that uh, medical bay. A little conversation. It was just weird. It was just weird because like they all put their helmets on to walk out, but Omega has no armor and no helmet. And even the scrapper guild guys are all wearing helmets. Like there is something clearly on this planet that is probably very hazardous to your health. I would assume. I don't think that's why they were wearing them. They didn't have their helmets on when they were looking through the binoculars and scouting out the star destroyer and stuff. I think they were just wearing them a, because it's part of their uniform and there's probably some tech in there. Um, you know, with range finders, Lord guess, knows yeah. what. And, you know, in case you never know when something might pop off, you got, you know, like a boy scout, you got to be prepared. They just, they just didn't want to carry him. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> put what else are you going to do? <laughs> that way you free up your hands. You leave put it? your helmet on. Yeah. Yeah. They can't go to the armory and get a new one now, you know, got to, yeah. Got a True. Tighter grip on stuff. Yeah. Um, and there is a little conver, a very brief conversation um, on the way there that I think you have a clip of, Justin. Mm-hmm. I do. Fives tried to warn me about the chips, but I didn't understand at the time. It's still hard to believe now. How did you boys find out about them? Omega. The kid. 
Um, it, it, I think Maggie, when you, we were talking about this in the live stream, I think you, you were kind of bringing up this point that we didn't really get a lot of interaction between Rex and Fa and uh, Echo. It killed me. Uh, it, it just yeah. This was all we got. Like this was the, the it really confused me because there there's like so many moments in this that felt off to me. Like for one, Wrecker being excited to see Rex when, as far as we know, they really only met that one time in that episode in the Bad Batch. Like they didn't have that many like interactions before that. The, the way that episode was framed, so it was weird that Wrecker was like, "Oh my god, it's Rex!" and then Echo's just standing over there, like, and then. Fives is brought up, and Echo doesn't add to that conversation at all. He's not part of that conversation. You would think the whole Fives thing and Echo would have been discussed. And then there's the the whole period of time when the clones are getting the chips taken out, and they just do a, like a time lapse when there could have been a great moment when Rex is standing in the hallway looking at his helmet that Echo could have walked over and been like, I'm sure it was like hard to go through or something because they know what's happened. They know that the clones turn on each other and they could mm-hmm. have had some sort of small moment, but instead they chose to do a time lapse. And then there's like a whole nother time when Rex is leaving at the end. And it's obvious that Rex is getting ready to leave since he's like parted ways. And we don't get to see Echo be like, be safe out there or anything. Hunter has no emotional connection to Rex. Echo does. So it should have been at least Echo with Hunter talking to Rex. It's very frustrating. Only, it's very frustrating. Yeah. The, I, I could get like the chip stuff a little bit more. The only thing I could, could go back to is that in season seven of Clone Wars in the the first arc, when we get the Bad Batch, the whole premise was to go save Echo yeah. because they figured out he was alive. So at the end of that arc, the, the fourth episode and he does they do kind of have their goodbye moment there where he's feels more at home with the bad batch and says look i'm i'm gonna yeah, go but with they them still grew up together like, yeah, they okay. still have more of a bond than the bad batch it hasn't been that long really mm-hmm. yeah i i have a couple of thoughts on that like one i definitely agree i think it's odd that there wasn't a even like a throwaway moment. Anything between them, really. And there was such a... They made such a point of digging into that arc with Tup and Fives and the inhibitor chips and going into such great detail with it and being so close to getting the information out. And and, and then it comes up again in Season 7 of The Clone Wars and now it's coming up again here and... I feel like there's just more to say about it and I'm I'm surprised that there wasn't a little more and especially between Echo and Rex who have these people in in common. I will say about Wrecker greeting him, I think that's a little bit just Wrecker because that's yeah, also how he, he greeted like cuts kids and like basically everyone they run into. I think that's just the way he is. But I, I've been friendly. thinking about this and I wonder if these conversations and specifically about the inhibitor chips and fives and between Rex and echo. I wonder if that's going to come up when we eventually get to crosshair. Cause I still think we're going to remove his inhibitor chip at some point. Um, and assuming that happens, maybe Rex will be around for that and we're going to, and we'll dig into the inhibitor chips 
a little more at that point when the Bad Batch are able to relate to, um, you know, Crosshair having been on the other side of Order 66 and having that kind of experience that Rex had um, on the ship with Ahsoka in Clone Wars. Um, maybe not. Maybe Rex won't pop back up again. Maybe it just won't happen, but... Um, that's the other time I could see those kinds of conversations coming up. If if we do get back to Crosshair and we do get his inhibitor chip out and get him mm-hmm. back with the uh, crew again at some point. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's crazy. Maybe they just skimmed over it, but it seems like it would be odd for nothing to come of it. Um, but maybe maybe it will. Who knows? This isn't the Rex show. It's the Bad Batch. Um, but moving on with this episode, um, we're, we're now getting to that ship that Rex was pointing at from across the way, you know, they had that little conversation about fives and, and Rex notes that the ship was part of the first batch of its class off the assembly line. And, and Wrecker makes some little gag about that being true about Rex too. Cause he's a, um, first generation clone. Um, and they, they pass by this little low swampy area where Hunter notices some movement in the water and uh, warns the others to stay above the water line. And we, we mention all the time that the animation is so great on this show, but uh, mm-hmm. in that water movement down there in that little swampy area, that was um, a really, really, really standout piece for me. I thought it looked really nice. Um, I don't know what if it was the movement or the light in the water, but something about it just looked really, really great to me. Um, mm-hmm. And of course that's foreshadowing for something that we're going to get to, you know, very shortly in this episode um, because once they get inside the ship, they come to a giant gap where they've got to get across um, to get to this medical bay of course, these ships are in disrepair. They're in various degrees of being scrapped already. So they've got a rig of wire that goes across this big gap, and uh, they're going to shimmy across it. Um, and, of course, the gap is also above some standing water like we saw outside. It's also kind of moving around a little bit. Um, but no big deal. Everybody crawls across, and Wrecker is last, of course, probably a little bit because he's the biggest one and probably also a little bit because he's scared of heights and they're pretty high up there. Um, but of course when he is crawling across too heavy snaps, one side, it falls down. So he's dangling like just above the water. I believe he was dangling by his feet even right. He was, mm-hmm. um, yep. it was wrapped around his leg. Um, it was still connected on the other side. Um, but Said it smells terrible down there. Yeah. Stagnant water. It's not good. Um, no, but down below in that water was a Dianaga. Is that how you say it? Dianoga. Dianoga. Yep. Okay. Um, a large omnivorous cephalopod is what it is, but I, oh, I wish you wouldn't have told me what it was. So I could ask you, what is it? Oh, God. that's not a thing. That's not a I'm thing. I'm hungry. You're both about to get fined $300 after this episode for breaking contract. Um, it's also in your contract that we will contract. not talk about that Ewok movie anymore. Um, 
that some of these details are surprising because we do we do know what this thing is. This is what is living in the trash compactor in um, A New Hope. What grabs mm-hmm. onto Luke. Um, very famous from the trash compactor scene. Um, but although they are primitive, they're actually sentient beings. And this is going to irritate some people, but some of them were even force sensitive. Uh, they have seven separate suckered tentacles. They've got the eye stalk that goes up kind of like a periscope, um, a mouthful of sharp teeth and several hearts. Um, I only have one personally, they have many and they can be up to seven to 10 meters long, which is giant, giant, sharp toothed (laughs) tentacled squid thing that is sentient. Um, and they are naturally a deep purple, but they have active camouflage so much like a, uh, octopus. They can just kind of be whatever color they want. That's pretty cool. There was, um, there was a, a short story in the from a certain point of view. Of course, they were regarding one of these. Was that the yeah, story that about, made them sentient? That, yeah, that's probably why they're sometimes force sensitive from that crazy book. Yeah, I, I can't remember all the details of the story, but it was something about he, the Dianoga gets on a ship uh, and off their world to go explore or something like that. I can't remember what all the details, but. Um, yes that's where most of that i would assume came from during my um my research for this stuff i did come across a little story about how somebody had um brought one to be a pet on the death star and it got too big and dropped down into the (laughs) trash compactor and lived off stuff down there and there was a apparently there's a story about how that one got there at some point too uh, and its name's Omi. O M I is the name of the particular. Mm. Uh, say it again. Dianoga. Dianoga. Dianoga that lives in um, the trash compactor on a New Hope, but not anymore because it got blown up with everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he uh, fights it off. He stabs it with his vibro blade. They pull him up, and Wrecker's safe. Believe it or not, huge shock to everybody. Um, and they're headed in to the medical bay that was just on the other side of that gap that they crossed um, to start snatching out people's inhibitor chips. This was this was the conversation between Rex and and Echo here was pretty funny. This will do nicely. I would no longer call this medical bay a sterile environment. Do you prefer to use the facility on Camino? This will do nicely. <laughs> it's like nope we're good we don't want to go back there we're good we'll use this one he did make a decent point um if i'm getting brain surgery i don't know that i want it to be in the back of like what looks like it could be a dirty gas station or something but desperate times desperate mm-hmm. measures you got to do what you got to do did i say echo i meant tech tech right teak. did i say tech it was or teak. Echo? teak i don't remember teak. i don't remember what you said but it was teak I don't remember. Anyway, but yeah, those two guys. Yeah. Is there anyone in the Tech. fandom that ships them? Teco would be their name together. <laughs> um, I hope not. I know their name together just goes really well. Their names go together really well. So. Hmm. 
Well, they're um, in this surgery lab, which is not a sterile environment, but it's better than Camino apparently. So they're preparing for their surgery, and Omega is obviously a little scared because uh, they're all getting this procedure, and she doesn't want to be an orphan. Um, she's looking a little nervous. Um, and I think she said something about, you know, just cause it worked for Rex doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Um, she was pretty nervous, but they had to go through with it anyway. Can I, can I just ask a question here though? Sure. Cause like, I, I get it. She's scared and she's nervous, but she's, she basically says like, I don't want to be alone. I'm like, okay, there's Rex and four other clone troopers here. How many times are you going to go through this procedure and they all die? Yeah, I, Not to mention the last one standing that's like, oh, I'm just going to do it to I myself. I this time. Goes in there and leaves Omega <laughs> just by herself. Yeah. I was like, all right, maybe I'm, maybe I'm stretching with this one a little bit, but well, <laughs> I was like... She's a little girl, so maybe she didn't think I get it. She's through that much, but I agree with you. If Wrecker goes in and he comes out and it killed him, <laughs> I think it would be pretty tough to get the next person to lay down and, and go do it, right? Like, <laughs> All right, I, who's next, guys? I'm going to take my, take my chances with the chip. With the chip. Yeah, yep. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's been pretty well working this far, <laughs> Captain. Right. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> Omega's nervous because brain surgery is no laughing matter. Um, and Rex does make some kind of comment about very few clones were immune to the order, to the effects of order 66. And they were lucky because of that. Um, but I did think it was worth noting that he said few, not none. So there's definitely some other clones that for some reason were at least temporarily immune to the effects of Order 66. And Hunter also tells Rex that he helped a Padawan escape when Order 66 was issued on Collar. And, of course, that comes full circle when Rex and Kanan become besties later on Rebels. Not that they mm-hmm. ever really talk about the Bad Batch, but it's known now. Um, so right when we are about to put Wrecker in to get his inhibitor chip removed, that's when things go bad. We've been on the verge of it for a long time. We've been wondering, is Wrecker going to succumb to order 66? Is his inhibitor chip going to kick in? And lo and behold, Wrecker starts wrecking people because his inhibitor chip is going off. Um, and we get the action sequence with him tossing people around um, and they're trying to stun him and he's doing his uh, good soldiers follow orders thing. And it culminates with him grabbing Omega. She can't shoot him. I don't know if she like just didn't have the guts or she didn't know how to put it on stun or whatever, but she couldn't pull the trigger. And right before Wrecker does something that he would have felt really bad about, um, Rex kind of pops up at the last minute and stuns him, even though he got knocked out temporarily by Wrecker earlier in that sequence. You mean this alive. good soldiers follow orders? Good soldiers follow orders. Yeah, and, I th- and that's where he that's gets the done. one. And I think they were trying to mm-hmm. uh, show that he's like fighting it a little bit there, but uh, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Were you saying something, Which Josh? It was. Um, the the knockout streak is alive. I would count a stunning yep. as a knockout. Agreed. Still going strong. 
He's batting a thousand. Which I'm, I'm just really surprised they didn't do that earlier. Like you can clearly see he's agitated on the table. Why not just stun Boom. him? Yeah, look at to put him to sleep to help. Like it's like like an, anest- like an anesthetic, right? Before you go in for surgery, like just put him down, help the guy out. You can clearly see he's getting more agitated the more you do because he told Tech to get it off his head. At that point, that red flag goes up. Like, hey, we're past the point of no return. Stun him, put him on the table, and then you don't have a problem. You also don't have an episode either. But note to self: um, don't call Justin if you're ever in a tight spot because he's just going to come in and tase you and and help you <laughs> sleep it off. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, it'll be all over very soon. <laughs> but finally, they get Wrecker stunned and they get his chip out. But there's a problem. He does not wake right back up. What do you got, Josh? I got a scoop. Dun, dun, dun. Scoop his chip. It was a Cool Ranch Dorito. It was chocolate? Oh. <laughs> it was Cool Ranch Dorito. Oh, yep. those are delicious, actually. Um, I went a whole other way with the chocolate chip, but you went with like a um, snack chip, which is even better. Um, but he does not wake up quickly from this procedure. I, I feel like Rex, after he got his chip removed, he came to pretty promptly after, but Wrecker was out for... Um, a long time. He had a, a nice little nap, uh, long enough that the most of the other Bad Batch kind of dozed off while they were waiting for him to wake up. But Omega refused to leave his side. She was there with her boy until he woke up, which, of course, he did. Um, he woke up a little bit later, and then <laughs> at that point, since the guinea pig survived, the other Bad Batch members go ahead and get their chips removed um wrecker gives a nice heartfelt apology to omega but of course Mm -hmm. um she understands she's the one who's been telling him the whole time that like crosshair can't control it so she knows that he couldn't control it either and she whips out some mantel mix for them to share uh pretty slick of her to get that across the cable over the chasm earlier in the episode but you know Snackers got Pull, a snack. Pulls a Napoleon Dynamite. She pulls some tots out of her pocket and uh, <laughs> shares them. Sick reference. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting, you know. She's she's kind of immature in a lot of ways, but then anytime it comes to like the kind of things that she's like that are part of what she was trained for, mm-hmm. like it's not even a you know I'm not going to get emotional and blame you for what you did because I know the scientific fact of like that the inhibitor chip. And, you know, that's part of her, like, medical training. So she's, like, not a kid. Like, that's where she becomes, like, this little adult anytime we, like, kind of flip into that realm. Yeah, there's definitely two sides to Omega, right? There's the, yeah, the part that's maturity. never been off a of Camino and doesn't know how to live in the universe and doesn't know that not everybody's trustworthy. But she's also, like, so, uh, like, kind of savvy beyond her years in, in other areas. Mm-hmm. And and that brings us like pretty much to the end of the episode. We've everybody is uninhibited now at this point. Um, Rex and Hunter, like Maggie was saying earlier, oddly enough, are outside to say goodbye to each other without Echo, who has been Rex's like BFF <laughs> since fifteen twenty years ago in real world time. So like their whole life, um, and. 
you know, there they are. They're saying goodbye. They're like, you know, if you need me, call me. I'll, I'll be wherever you need, you know, whatever kind of thing. Um, but the Bad Batch is clearly still trying to figure out their place in all this and what their long-term plan is. And right there at the very end, before we cut to credits, we see that they're being watched by the Scrapper Guild and they are going to notify the Empire that they've got people poking around. Narcs. Narcs. Couple of narcs. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. I thought the um the reference that Rex makes at the end there though, where he basically says, you know, all my what does he say? All my life we've fought I fought for the Republic, and Hunter says the Republic's dead or the Republic's gone. And he says, There's still a couple of us around. We're still mm-hmm. they're still fighting, basically. And and I thought that was a Nice little nod for him to basically say, look, I'm still trying to fight the good fight here. I'm not giving up. And uh, there's others that are with me. And and that, not to get like overly philosophical about it, but that goes like, that can take you down a couple paths too, because yes, Rex is a legitimately a good person. And I think he does want, you know, to do the right thing and fight on the side of human rights and all these things. But also like, Rex is a clone and he was bred for battle and he was bred to, bred to fight for the Republic and he knows nothing else. And like how much of that is even his choice uh, other than like, this is the only thing I know how to do. And um, you know, there's just a lot going mm-hmm. on with the clones in general with free will yeah. and, and everything. Good rush song. <laughs> yeah, that's why I brought it up. <laughs> yeah, it was um good episode though. I'm glad we finally, got to the chips and addressed cool ranch like not just what they like yeah how to get them out cool ranch extra spicy they reach a different flavor, chili lime yeah. whatever you got in there uh i'm glad we got to the chip problem and addressed it and uh we removed the chips uh from from the bad batch so we are chip free except for cross they're uninhibited at this point we have only got to get one more um bad batch member crosshair and then they'll be all good to go yeah it's weird though because of those experiments they did on uh, Echo, his chip was actually a Funyun. Oh, it was like barely a chip. Like it is a chip, <laughs> but it's totally its own thing. So whose right. chip is the pork rind? Wrecker, obviously. Yeah. Wrecker. No, this is Cool Ranch. Oh, it was Cool Ranch. Wrecker. Oh man, way to subvert expectations. Hunters, right? Would, He's got the pork rind. Would um, crosshair. Would oof. Crosshair is like a piece of <laughs> pop kernel. Oh, it's an unpopped <laughs> popcorn kernel. Yes. Um, mm. Would pork rinds in Star Wars be made of puffer pigs? Yes. Yes. I, and I and bacon, so, yeah. probably. Mm, or delicious or, puffer pig or, bacon. Or mm. Oh, gosh. Jeez. <laughs> That's messed up. <laughs> Ugnots have. Like, quill. What's an Ugnot? You like. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't they take say care I like of it. babies and program <laughs> droids and things. I didn't they're say not, I like it. That's not bacon. <laughs> when you're when you're uh, when your hired Ugnot goes missing one day, Justin's but all of gonna, a sudden your your meat freezer is full. Justin's gonna Ooh. stun his best friend because he's got a headache, and <laughs> Josh is turning the babysitter into bacon. It's a rough crowd. Hey man, I don't uh, eat red meat, so you, don't get on me. Well, pork's white meat. That's, wow. so, 
That's our closest pig allegory is the is the Ugnot. The Ugnots, Not the yeah. puffer pig that's literally called a pig and has a pig <laughs> face and oinks like a pig. <laughs> and blows up to like twice its yeah, size. Yeah, I think it'd be too chewy, you know, because of the... Well, you don't scare it first. You gotta you gotta get it unpuffed. Or or you scare it and you get more you surface get, area. You more, get more bacon, more pork rinds. Yeah. Does he? Do you get more surface area, or does it just get thinner because he's full of air now? Uh, seems like harvest. you you want the puffed puffer like, pig for the pork rinds, and you want the unpuffed puffer pig for mm. the bacon. Seems the yeah. way to go. <laughs> There's a whole strategy to it. Uh, <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, we're this gonna went cut sideways the last five minutes quickly. Here. It's fine. <laughs> um, what uh, do you guys have any predictions for next week? Where do we open up uh, next week's episode? We gotta have a cross some crosshair info. You would point, think. You would think. I would would guess that since they're notifying the Empire, we pick up right where we left off, and we have two episodes that kind of tie into each other. Who at the Empire is gonna get and, that notification? Who who receives um, the notice of rogue clones running around? Maybe Tarkin, and then he dispatches. What's the the new guy's name? Rampart. Uh, Rampart with his uh, bad batch or with his crosshair trainees to okay. go apprehend. And that could be the how bad we batch. get back to crosshair. There, maybe those new. Yeah black suited troopers are going to be the ones to get sent out to chase down the bad batch. That's my prediction, but my predictions hardly ever turn out right. So we'll see. We shall see. Um, well, let's, uh, why don't we, uh, let's blow this thing and get out of here. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. Well, we put together a long episode for you guys out there. It's uh, hopefully you're on a long drive and you can take this one in or something. But uh, two episodes back to back. We had a little catching up to do, plus a lot of news. So we covered a lot of ground. Uh, we've got our live stream coming up this Friday again. Uh, Orb Force 99. Be there, be square. Where we recap. Where we we talk a little music, we talk uh, we talk some Star Wars, we talk about everything on on the Friday Night Live streams. I think talk we about almost anything you bring up, pop if culture you bring up. and <laughs> lots of things. Yeah, uh, we've had some fun. Maybe we, sometimes we play games we haven't played one in a while. So we'll see if uh, we get back into game. that this week or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can find Outer Rim Beacon at all your social media channels at Outer Rim Beacon on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can email us at Outer Rim Beacon at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me, Justin, at I am the Bendu on Twitter. Where can they find you guys at? This is Josh, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Tanab. This is Kyle, and I am KB underscore legend on all the social medias. And this is Maggie. You can follow me on Twitter at Maggie of the Town. We love talking Star Wars with you guys. If you have questions, comments, you want to hear us talk about something Star Wars, send it in to us. Either hit us up on not the Ewok movie for Kyle. Uh, Hit us up on any one of the social medias or the email address, and we'll uh, 
We'll get to it. We'll cover it. We'll get to it. Uh, we're going to end this the way we always do. May the force be with you. Always. <laughs> always. Denial, all right. For light and life. Always. Always.